Welcome to the Healthy Hormones for Women podcast. I'm your host, Samantha Gladish, online nutritionist, weight loss coach, and hormone fixer-upper. I'm excited to bring you a weekly dose of information and inspiration, sharing with you simple and effective strategies from health, wealth, and all things personal growth. Get ready to become the master of your hormones and experience vibrant health to live a life of more power and possibility. Welcome back, everybody. Happy Tuesday. Hope you are enjoying your December so far and getting prepared for the holiday season and all of your Christmas shopping. Some amazing brands that you can shop and support online. And if you are looking to get some epic savings, Skin Essence is offering 20% off their entire website. It's all of their products. And you can use the coupon code Healthy Hormones if you're looking to gift maybe yourself some skincare products or perhaps a friend or a family member, you can save 20% off. And that coupon code is only available until the end of the year. So right up until December 31st. So definitely take advantage. Their products are beautiful and they also are really cost effective. So you're probably looking at spending anywhere from, you know, 20 to $35, give or take. And then you can save the 20% off on top of that, which is fantastic. So they are organic and gluten-free and plant-based and they are just fantastic. I love them. And speaking of skincare, if you also want to check out Alatura Naturals, they are beautiful. They use freshwater pearl powder and plant-based stem cells and their products are fantastic. I've been using them as well. And so just wanted to highlight some amazing skincare brands that are just really clean and really pure. They are clean beauty approved over here and we absolutely love them. I use them. My team has been using them and they are just really going to provide your skin with so much nourishment and mineral rich ingredients and just a lot of anti-aging and brightening support as well, which I definitely need this time of year. So Skin Essence, amazing, 20% off. Use the coupon code Healthy Hormones. You can head to skinessence.ca if you're in Canada, and you can head to skinessenceorganics.com if you're in the US. And then for Alatora, head on over to alatornaturals.com. The coupon code is Healthy Hormones. It's also a 20% savings ongoing and they have some really amazing discounts going on right now too. So um, you might be able to grab um, even more percentage off based on some of their sales that they have going on right now. So I highly recommend the Alatora Clay Mask. If you're looking for an epic mask that's going to help with especially blemished skin and you really want to help brighten your complexion and you want to support anti-aging as well, then I really recommend the clay mask. That is a go-to of mine that I've been using every week and I've been also using their their night cream and their gold serum. And I sometimes alternate between that and using sometimes like the skin essence, the the nourish facial oil. And I also really like the ocular eye serum from skin essence as well. So I kind of use it all. And this time of year, uh, I had mentioned last week on the episode, you know, on the podcast that this time of year, when the heat goes on and the temperature drops, like my skin literally changes overnight. So I find I need to uh, just be a lot more conscious of being on top of my skincare routine and just even things like getting in more essential fatty acids and eating more things like fish and, and making sure that I'm taking in my fish oil and just having really good quality oils and just kind of upping the ante on that because 
those oils help to nourish your skin from the inside out. So I do find that I get a little bit dry and also sometimes a little bit, sometimes patchy as well, like just a little bit more redness. So that's why these products are so fantastic and I highly recommend them. Do use the coupon codes and save 20% off of both amazing companies and um, you're gonna really love their products. And like I said, they're both clean beauty approved and I just love them. They're very fantastic. And then also a coupon code that will expire at the end of this year too is the 15% off savings to naturamarket.ca. So this is only for my Canadian listeners. You can save 15% off your very first order at naturamarket.ca. And if you are conscious about the products you're you're eating and using and the brands and wanting to get gluten-free and grain-free and dairy-free and sugar-free and all of that, then you're definitely going to find that over at Natura Market. So they have all kinds of amazing brands, Primal Kitchen, Kettle and Fire, Nut Pods, Lily Sweets. They have Smart Sweets, Milkademia, which is amazing, uh, Nut Milk, Jovial, Siete, Vital Proteins. They have all of it. They have a ton of amazing products. Uh, Lily's right now, I've been obsessed with their Peppermint White Chocolate. Oh my God, it is literally one of the best tasting chocolate bars I've ever had. If you like white chocolate, I know not everybody likes white chocolate, uh, but I do and it is so good. And then especially, and also just a note that is very limited edition. So you wanna scoop that up. They also have their gingerbread chocolate too, which is really good. It's a gingerbread milk chocolate and Lily's is all stevia sweetened, which is fantastic. And then the nut pods, they also have some holiday editions as well. So limited editions, their holiday nog, their pumpkin spice, their peppermint mocha, which is my absolute favorite. I bought four (laughs) the last time I placed my order because I just wanted to stock up. Um, So you can save 15% off your very first order and the coupon code is healthy hormones. So happy shopping and it can actually make for some great stocking stuffers like chocolates. I always load up on a few chocolates and I use those as as stocking stuffers. Okay, so enough about that. Let's dive into our episode today. It is an episode where we talk about all of the things. I am interviewing Dr. Melina Roberts, who is a naturopath, and she focuses a lot on gut health. And so we talk about foods that we should be eating to optimize gut health, what it really means to support our microbiome and decreasing our toxic load. We also dive into hormones, of course, gut health and the connection between hormones. We talk about phytohormones and synthetic hormones and what that means. We also talk about electrical conductivity and where minerals fit into this, the keto diet, intermittent fasting. It's just all of the things which I love and it's kind of all over the place. I I love episodes like this because I feel like I get to learn so much about my guest and their different you know, there are different viewpoints and there are different opinions about different health and wellness topics and how they approach things. And so I always love conversations like this. So it's a fully loaded episode. I hope you guys enjoy it. My guest today is Dr. Melina Roberts. She's a naturopathic doctor, author of Building a Healthy Child and founder of Advanced Naturopathic Medical Center in Calgary. She is recognized as one of the top biological medicine practitioners in North America. She's a leading authority in the field of naturopathic medicine, specializing in biological medicine Effectively treating digestive issues, chronic disease, and cancer. She is a graduate of the University of Waterloo and the Canadian College of Naturopathic Medicine in Toronto. She did a two-year postgraduate study in biological medicine with Paracelsus Clinic in Switzerland, and she was also selected to be a TEDx speaker for 2020. Let's dive into the episode. Enjoy. Enjoy. 
Hi, Melina. Welcome to the Healthy Hormones for Women podcast. I'm so excited to have you here today. Can you share with our audience a little bit more about what you do and who you are? All right. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me, Samantha. I'm so happy to be here. So a little bit about me. I'm a naturopathic doctor. I practice here in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. So just over on the West Coast from where you are. Yeah. And um, I've written a book called Building a Healthy Child. And I do a bunch of international lecturing about various health conditions. And a little bit of background about me is that um, when I was a kid, I had, I was this kid that had really bad allergies and eczema, and I was allergic to pretty much everything I ate and everything I ate, I would break out in a rash too. And I just thought that that was the way life was, and I would just have to learn to live with it. And when I was about 13, a family friend said to my parents, you know, you should try taking her to see a naturopathic doctor. And they brought me to see a naturopathic doctor. And within a pretty short period of time, all of my allergies cleared up. So I thought it was like magic because I didn't really understand how it all worked. That's amazing. <laughs> I know. So it's it's pretty exciting. And but I, I had no idea what, how, how that all worked. Um, but it was my first insight into realizing that the body had this ability to be able to heal itself. And it was also one of the reasons why I wanted to become a doctor myself, because I wanted to help people like myself so they didn't have to suffer unnecessarily for so many years. Um, so that was what led me on my path to becoming a naturopathic doctor. And then when I was in school, um, during my second year, my dad was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer, mm. which was uh, pretty devastating to me because my dad sure. is a very important person in my life. Mm. And so, and I also, so what I started to do is I just started to dive into the research on um, treating cancer and different cancer therapies. And I was amazed by how much information was out there and how much information was actually in scientific journals. And that wasn't being utilized. Um, unfortunately, my dad passed away nine short months later. Mm. Uh, but that that's kind of uh, directed the tra trajectory of um, how I practice today. Um, in that, um, that ended up being the focus of my practice was just um, treating cancer, because I found out that there was there was so much information out there. There were so many people who were having a lot of success in treating cancer. And for my dad, I just felt like I just didn't have enough time and didn't have enough information at that point in time. But um, as I continued my journey, I just found a lot more information and a lot of more um, people who were having success with treating cancer. And I just went in, uh, found out what they were doing. That's really amazing. I love that. That's a really beautiful story. And um, so two things I'd love to dive into there. Mm -hmm. So when you were 13, you go to see a naturopath. Do you remember like what some of those changes were that you had to implement as a child? Um, like I felt like it wasn't that big a change, right? right. I, I think I made a few diet changes and I had to take some stuff, right? So I had to take some remedies. Right. And and that's basically what I remember. So I felt like it was relatively easy and and it's been long lasting. So like in terms of my like I've never had that eczema again. So so you know that, you know, it was doing something. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. And then just kind of switching gears to the cancer side of things, I can imagine in your years of research and whatnot, you've probably had some major 
ahas and light bulb moments with some of the research that you've dove into. Is there anything that you can share with us today that you just think is incredibly fascinating? Well, one of my biggest areas of research, the area that I was amazed to come across and just love is something called the microbiome. So that is that ecosystem of bacteria and fungus that live within our gut. And just realizing how that gut health plays such a huge role in um, in cancer and chronic disease, but really in any health issue, what we have to do is we have to work on the gut health. So that really became one of my passions is, is gut health. That's awesome. Well, I know that you did a post recently over on your Instagram where you said, we need to focus a lot on gut health and we need to focus on the food that we're eating, supporting our microbiome, decreasing our toxic load. (laughs) Can you expand on these three areas? Like what does that all look like? Yeah. So Our gut health, what we really need to realize is that the gut health is actually central to how our whole systems function, that this is our our window of opportunity to be able to heal the body. And um, how we can improve that gut health is, first of all, with the foods that we're eating. So we have to ensure that we're eating foods that are helping to keep this gut flora in balance and helping to support. Um, really what I talk about is the the two things that we need to do in order to support that gut flora. We have to support the balance of that microbiome and we have to improve the diversity. So we have to have lots of different microbes. And when we do that, then we have really good Um, we have really good, that really good, healthy microbiome. And one of the things that we can do with that is that we can um, decrease major inflammatory foods. So I call that putting out the fire. So we need to remove that. I call it gluten is a major inflammatory food, cow's dairy and sugar. Those are major foods that are causing inflammation in the gut and really throwing off that proper balance and feeding the unhealthy guys. So we get um, overgrowths of the bacteria and fungus that shouldn't be there. So there's, so there's the food part of it. Then there's also what we want to do is we want to decrease the toxic load. And that toxic load often is coming into our body through the foods that we're eating. And that toxic load can be from our foods being sprayed with pesticides and herbicides and insecticides. It can be from us eating those processed foods. So all of those packaged foods, and they're filled with a bunch of um, colors and preservatives and um, all the different additives, all of those things when you're reading the labels, and it's hard for you to understand what those chemicals are. What they are is they are ends up being toxic loads that are coming into our body. And that toxic load also disrupts that microbiome and it affects that that balance in terms of that gut flora. So those are um, major things. And I'm trying to think what else I said was my third one. (laughs) You said, uh, yeah, it's all good. We need to focus on the food we eat, supporting our microbiome and decreasing our toxic load. Okay. So So that was good. So I cover it all of that. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. (laughs) I mean, you know, our listeners 
they've heard me talk over and over again about gluten, dairy, and sugar. And those are yeah, the big, yeah. the big three that need to be eliminated. But can we dive in a little bit deeper for somebody that is like, but how does dairy really impact my gut? Like what's really happening there? Can you maybe expand on that? Yeah. So, um, I, and I, I get those questions all the time in my practice too. So one of the major ones is that it's disrupting that balance of your microbiome. So microbiome, you can think of it as a barrier to the outside world. So our barrier on the outside of our body is our skin and right. in so, inside our body, the barrier is first of all, that microbiome. And then if we break down the integrity of that microbiome, then what we do is we also gain access to the lining of the digestive tract. And the lining of the digestive tract, again, is a major barrier to the outside world. And there's these cells that line the digestive tract. And between those cells are these proteins called tight junctions. And what can happen is that when you're having those inflammatory foods, so the gluten, the cows, dairy, the sugar, they can actually break down those tight junctions. So then you end up with spaces between those cells. So right. food that isn't completely digested can end up in the bloodstream. And what happens is that when those foods are in the bloodstream, they cause a cascade of immune response. And this can lead to a number of different health issues. So it can lead to that allergy picture and that eczema, and it can lead to chronic disease, and it can lead to you know a host of other health issues um, because of that that, that whole immune response and because of what we call the, those holes or the hyperpermeability of the gut or right. a leaky gut picture, whatever we want to call it. But basically that's what's happening is that damage to the lining of the digestive tract. Right. So symptomatically, I mean, there's tons of things that could potentially yeah. show up. You mentioned like eczema, different skin issues. Uh, and, you know, what else can somebody really be paying attention to so that they know like uh, something is not up here with my gut. Cause I think a lot of us just think like, well, I'm not bloated or I'm not gassy. Like I go to the bathroom every day. So I'm, I'm, I'm fine. My gut health is fine. And I'm asking this question with my parents in the back of my mind who are in their seventies. And when I'm like, you got to work on your gut and they're just like, what are you talking about? You know, like they don't get that connection. So outs, you know, like what are the symptoms for somebody to really start paying attention to when something is off to, to really start to dive in and be like, okay, I got to really address the gut. Yeah. And I think that this is a good question too. And this is one that I'm really educating my patients on and probably um, a question that, that a lot of people don't feel super comfortable talking about. Right. But the big thing that will tell me about your gut health is your bowel movements. <laughs> so, yes. so we need, so, the, and this is a question, this is something that um, I ask all of my patients. We want to know how frequently are you moving your bowels? What do your stools look like? Um, how easy is it to pass those stools? And this gives me so much information about what's going on in terms of their gut health. And it also gives me a lot of information about the balance um, of their microbiome. Because um, what should happen is that you should be moving your bowels at least once a day, ideally one to three times a day, Right. that those stools should be easy to pass, 
the stools should look like basically a even consistency, um, like a snake, and it should be in a medium brown, and it should have just a mild odor to it. So it's if it's anything outside right. of what I just described as that ideal stool, then it is an indication that the gut is out of balance and that there is some gut issues going on. And then what would you suggest in terms of the first steps that somebody can take if they're listening to you right now and they're just like, okay, my bowel movements definitely don't look anything like what she just (laughs) described. What would be some of those first steps? So the first steps for me are removing those major inflammatory foods, right? So it's removing the gluten, the cow's dairy, and the sugar. I call it putting out the fire. We need to remove those inflammatory foods before we can do any sort of balancing and any sort of healing. Uh, The analogy that I love to use is that... um, If you have a a house that you want to repair, but that house is burning down, what you first need to do is you first need to put out the fire before you can do the repair. Um, And then once that fire's out, then you can start doing the rebuilding and rebuilding that house. It's the same with our gut. We can't start... Um, start balancing out that microbiome and building up and rebuilding the lining of the digestive tract if we haven't put out the fire yet. Absolutely. And and it's sometimes a challenge with some patients where they're like, oh, well, can I do like a an 80-20? And, and it's a challenge because um, as we're trying to do the repair, if you just keep throwing flames onto yes. this house, then it's really hard for us to do full repair. So um, it makes me, I know people are, people hate to hear that. And, for sure. <laughs> and, um, and I know that other practitioners are like, oh, well, you could do cheat days and stuff like that. But, but I, I'm pretty strict when it comes to a diet because I think that we, in order for us to do repairs, we, we need those inflammatory foods out. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree. So let's dive into the connection between gut health and our hormones. What's the connection yeah. there? <laughs> I, I think that that's, that's a good one to get into because it plays such a key role in terms of hormones. Now, what we can also talk about is, is that when you're eating the, the wrong foods, you can cause um, this inflammation in the body. So this inflammation is like a fire in your system. And what happens is that um, your body is is doing a lot of work in order to try to put out that fire. And so what can happen is that your body is draining a lot of that um, a lot of the hormones, which is one of the major hormones that's trying to put out that fire is something called your adrenals. Right. Now your adrenals um, release your body's stress hormones. So any sort of stress that's in the body, your body's releasing those hormones in order to help um, help basically put out that fire or to put out that infection or to help your body in that stressful situation. So that's one major thing is that when we have a lot of inflammation that's going on in that digestive tract in our system, then those adrenals are getting drained. And when those adrenals are getting drained, those adrenals play a big role in terms of um, other systems of the body. So what can happen is that when those adrenals are being drained, your body will take progesterone 
and make it into adrenal hormones. And it throws off that um, hormone balance in terms of the estrogen and progesterone, because now progesterone is getting all cycled into adrenal hormones. The adrenals also play a big role in terms of, uh, in terms of that balance with your thyroid. So the thyroid and the adrenals, they um, work really closely together. And so if one's out of balance, the other one is like its backup plan. And so right. if you have adrenals that are drained, then it'll drain the thyroid hormones. So that's, that's definitely one of the big connections with the gut. Um, there's other connections in terms of like, if you're not moving, like your bowels or your body's way of moving toxic loads out of your system. Now, if those toxic loads aren't effectively moving out of your body, then they, th that toxic load ends up being reabsorbed. And so what can happen is then, then we can get congestion happening in the liver and the liver is where all of your hormones are metabolized. So if we have a liver that is all congested and not moving, then that can actually play a role in terms of um, not properly manufacturing those hormones. So, um, um, yeah, there, there's there's lots of connections in for sure. Gut health and and hormone balance, and I definitely work a lot with um, making sure that the that gut is in balance in order to make sure that your body is able to effectively move those toxic loads out. You know, I, I think that uh, one of the the recent ones that I've been talking about is that is that if we if we have the um, a large amount of toxic loads that are staying within our system, then what happens is that um, then we can get uh, there's these hormones called. Uh, uh, synthetic, they're basically synthetic hormones. They have like estrogen properties within our body. And if we can't effectively move them out of our system, especially through our bile and through our um, bowel movements, then what happens is that we can end up with like an excess estrogen picture. So that's that's another reason that these, these bowels need to be effectively moving. <laughs> yeah. It's all just so interconnected, which yeah. I, which I think is, is amazing because you know, it's it's not just about supporting this one area of the body. We want to look at the big picture, which is often missed in allopathic medicine. And, you know, and then that's when we start to, that's when we start to feel really crappy. You know, it's like issues are with our bowels, then the adrenals are overworking. And then you got these high functioning adrenals. So you've got low functioning thyroid, which governs your metabolism and your energy and, you know, and then all of the things. And now you're like, oh my God, I'm backed up. I'm constipated. I'm exhausted. I'm gaining weight. What is happening? <laughs> right? Yeah. 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 So <laughs> it all comes, it all comes back to the gut. I quickly want to interrupt this episode and introduce you to leesprovisions.com. Here you will find Lee's Tea and Lee's Ghee. You've probably seen me use their products numerous times over on Instagram, sharing all my stories and in my reels. The pink chai tea is my absolute favorite. Gayten and I love drinking this tea. It is hands down the best tasting tea I've ever had. And you will find Tulsi. So holy basil is Tulsi, which is an amazing adaptogen for your adrenals. And the pink chai has ginger, Ceylon cinnamon, cardamom, fennel, rose petals, black pepper, beetroot, cloves, and a little bit of stevia. It is all organic ingredients. And I love getting the loose leaf tea. And what we do is we just put a little bit of the loose leaves into our French press. That's typically how I make my loose leaf tea. So we put it into the French press and then we make a nice big sort of like 
you know, pot of it, I guess you could say. And we'll just share that and drink that throughout the evening. And it's so warming. It's so grounding. I love that it's got the holy basil in there, which is amazing for your adrenals. And it's just a great, delicious tea. Like I have not met anybody who does not like the taste of the pink chai. You guys are going to love it. So if you're looking for a nice evening tea, you're going to love the pink chai. There are also other flavors. There's the original, there's the Tulsi with turmeric, and then there's also the mint chill, which is more peppermint. And then Lee's Ghee, my favorite. We use it all of the time. It is made with love and certified organic here in Canada. They do ship to Canada and the US, so you are in luck. There's the plain Jane Ghee, there's the brown butter Ghee, and the Canadian maple infused Ghee, which is so delicious to use in your baking or when you are making a coffee or an elixir, I love to add the maple infused one into my coffee and blend that up with some collagen and make a delicious drink. So you guys can save 15% off any of the products on leesprovisions.com. You're going to love their tea. You're going to love their ghee and they're just so delicious. And I just love supporting a local Canadian company and a fellow colleague and entrepreneur. So head on over to leesprovisions.com, enter the code healthyhormones, save 15% off and be sure to tag me over on Instagram because I want to see which products, which tea, and which key you are trying. So you spoke about synthetic hormones and I know this is something you talk about a lot too. I'd love to dive into the differences between synthetic hormones and things like phytohormones and what's what's the difference there and, and what should we be avoiding and be conscious of and, and whatnot. So let's dive into that for a bit. Yeah, this is a question I often get asked because people really get scared of the phytohormones. Yes. Um, especially when I'm working with like cancer patients who have like a, like an estrogen dominant picture or they have like a hormone related cancer and they're like, oh, should I completely stay away from these phytohormones? So the explanation I, I like to explain is that these phytohormones are actually weak hormones. So the analogy I love to use is that they like they go into that parking space, they do their job, and then they move out of that parking space. Right. So those are that's how those um, phytohormones work. So they're they're very weak compared to our natural hormones and compared to those synthetic hormones. Um, and our natural hormones, um, you know, they again they will go in to those parking spaces. Um, they fit a lot better into those parking spaces, so they they will have a larger reaction um, within our cells, and then they move out, but they do cycle in and out. Whereas what happens with our synthetic hormones is they, again, they fit really well into those parking spaces. But what happens is that they go into those parking spaces and then they don't move. So they're a lot stronger. And the challenge with that is that then they take up space. So then our our natural hormones aren't able to get into that parking space at all. And right. um, this is a, actually a huge problem in terms of these synthetic hormones. And these synthetic hormones are coming into our bodies from different ways. Some of them are from us taking um, uh, birth control pills and hormone replacement. 
Um, and then right. it can also be coming in from pesticides and herbicides. They have um, estrogen-like properties. So they will, um, they're those synthetic hormones that'll actually fit into those parking spaces just well, uh, just like those estrogens will. And um, and then we can also be taking them in from um, some of those synthetic hormones through things that we're like putting onto our skin. So the, you know, we're getting them from those perfumes and right. from creams, creams and yeah. shampoos and all of our personal care products can have these xenoestrogen properties. And again, um, that's why you want to be looking at what you're actually putting on your skin. You're realizing that everything you put on your skin gets absorbed into your tissues below. And so we need to be even conscious, not just what we're putting in our mouths, but what we're putting on our bodies. And these, these can be a contributing factor to what can be throwing off our hormone balance. For sure. And then can you give us maybe a list of some phytohormones? So those phytohormones, um, and and really I just want people to not be scared of those phytohormones. Right. Because um, you could be taking them in, but they're very weak and they're not they're not having that huge effect on our systems. Um, they actually typically will fall into um, a fat category in that they are things like flax seeds and pumpkin seeds and sesame seeds, um, evening primrose oil. So those are those would be some of those phytohormones that we'll be taking in. Um, one of those ones that I often get asked about is soy. Yes. Um, and, and I don't really like soy that much, um, mostly because about, you know, 90% of the soy on the North American market is genetically modified. Right. And that that's more my reason for not liking it. For than sure. That then that it's a phytohormone that will throw off the hormone balance. Right, for sure. And would you recommend maybe fermented tempeh, you know, every yeah, now and, and again, would that be a better option? Yeah, and I'm okay with those. Yeah. But, you know, people who are consuming large amounts of soy thinking for sure. it's healthy for them, I, I'm not really a huge fan of that. Right. Totally makes sense. Okay. So I'd love to switch gears a little bit. Something else that I know you talk a lot about is electrical conductivity. <laughs> what does this even mean? Can you break that down for us? Yeah. So it's really understanding that our bodies are these electrical systems and that we have electricity running through our system and that we need really strong electrical conductivity within like every cell, every system of our body in order for our body to actually function properly. Um, you know, I, I think that like a chiropractor really understands that well, because they're, they're trying to make sure that that spine's in line. And we talk about the nervous system and the nervous system, how it controls every system of our body. But, um, but realizing that um, even just on a biochemical level, that there's a lot of electricity that goes on within our system. And um, I will often talk about with patients like that, we need to improve that electrical conductivity. And, you know, what are some simple ways that we can improve that electrical conductivity? It's understanding that we need to make sure that we are taking in enough water because our uh, the water helps to increase that electrical conductivity within our system and realizing that we are 70% water. So we right. need to be taking in enough of that, that water in our, um, in, 
really on a daily basis. Yeah. Um, something that we need to be remembering all the time. And the other way that we are improving that electrical conductivity is with um, minerals. So those trace minerals, every biochemical reaction in our body needs minerals. So we need to make sure that we're taking in um, ample amounts of minerals. And, you know, ideally, you get those minerals from your vegetables as they pick up those minerals from the soils that um, that that they're grown in, and then we take in those minerals. The challenge, of course, is that our min- our soils are so depleted these days because of the overuse of pesticides and herbicides that our min- our soils just aren't as mineral rich as they once were. So sometimes, um, if you know, we're seeing that people's electrical conductivity, so the the um, really the energy within their system is low, it might be that they just need to boost up their mineral content. And and then the other way that we can just easily help our system or, or should be easily um, is by getting ample amounts of sleep. And sleep is our body's way of recharging our battery. So the same way that we plug in our cell phones in order to recharge those cell phones, we need to be getting um, proper amount of quality sleep. So it's not just about quantity. It's not just about the amount of time you're in bed for. It's making sure that you're getting quality sleep. So enough REM sleep, enough deep sleep in order for us to be able to properly recharge that battery. Because what should happen is that when you wake up in the morning, you should feel refreshed and ready for the day. Um, And if you're not feeling, and if you're still, you know, you've had a full night's sleep and you're still feeling tired, then that sleep wasn't fully recharging your system. So that's that's a little bit about electrical conductivity. <laughs> I love that. And I love my sleep. It's very, very important to me. So yeah. just going back to minerals for a second, can you break down what some of those minerals are? And would you recommend something like, like I, I like taking trace minerals every day. I put a little bit in my water or sometimes just like good yeah. quality sea salt in my water. Like what are those minerals and what are the best ways outside, I guess, of fruits and vegetables to, to get them? Yeah, so I think that um, it's kind of being able to differentiate between um, like micro or yes. I call it trace minerals and macro yeah. and those macro minerals. And I think that, you know, a lot of people will talk about, you know, your calcium and your magnesium um, right. as, as more of those macro minerals. And for sure, we need those as well to get your system functioning better. But what doesn't get talked about as much is the trace minerals. So those are minerals that are in a lot smaller amounts, but we need them. And um, and I think that good ways of getting them uh, would be through like a supplement where it would get, where it would have like all of those trace minerals that your body needs. Right. Um, and um, things like that um, Himalayan salts would also have your, a lot of those trace minerals. But um, whichever way you can get those trace minerals is, you know, uh, yes, often we have to supplement them with them like right. just to make sure that we're getting enough because uh, cause there's there's a broad range of them. And um, I don't know them all off the top of my head to list them all. Oh, yeah, it's but all good. There's, but, but there's a lot of them that our bodies actually need in order for those biochemical reactions to happen. Awesome. Totally makes sense. So let's chat about the keto diet, switching gears here, because I know this is something that you talk about a lot. And I mean, there's 
dirty keto, clean keto, you know, there's all kinds of keto, um, a lot of misinformation, I feel like around keto. So I would love to hear your viewpoints and how you use this as a therapeutic diet with some of your patients and what that looks like. Yeah. So I think that um, keto uh, over time has really gotten a bad name. So I just want to talk more about it because I, I think that it can be an excellent therapeutic tool. And I always, I like to talk about how uh, you know, like when you go back to hunter and gatherers in those times, they always went through points in time when there was feast, when there was lots of food and points in time when there was famine. And, and so there was points in time when their bodies had to utilize glucose as an energy source. And when we were in that fasted state, our bodies had to utilize ketones as an energy source. And what's happened over time is that we have had food on a constant basis and we have trained our bodies to only use glucose as an energy source. And we haven't trained our bodies to be able to use both energy sources. So that's where I find that we need to um, retrain a lot of people's systems to be able to now use glucose as an energy source and be able to use ketones as an energy source. Right. And um, I find that um, the keto diet can help you to better be able to switch and use these. But there's definitely other tools that people can be using to become what I call metabolically flexible. Um, I didn't coin that term. I like that term. But, yeah, but I love that term is that is that your body is able to utilize both. And um, definitely in my practice, I talk about um, doing keto in the in the cleanest way possible. So making sure that the fats that we're using are healthy fats, because that's one of the major ones is that there is a lot of fats out there called, you know, vegetable oils, which right. are really inflammatory and shouldn't be consumed. And you definitely want, don't want to be consuming a large amount of those, those industrial oils. So those industrial oils are things like canola oil, um, the soy oil, the sunflower oil, the safflower oils. Right. So those are those industrial oils that, and you know, margarine and those, those trans fats. Those are the fats that we don't want to be consuming. And we want to be consuming some of those healthier fats. And, and then you want to be having um, cleaner sources of cleaner sources of food. So you want to be staying away from uh, what happens a lot in, in the keto community, uh, is that people will say, oh, well, you can still have those artificial sweeteners. And I recommend staying away from those artificial totally. sweeteners. So do I. Realizing, yeah, that those artificial sweeteners, when they get broken down, that they get broken down into neurotoxins, which are damaging our brains. And so we don't want to be... Um, eating a certain way. Yes, some of those ways can get you into ketosis, but it's not necessarily making us healthier. Right. So it's realizing, uh, trying to make those healthier choices as you go into keto. And I tend to also do more of a cyclical ketosis, especially with women, um, is that you know you have those days where you are um, 
having a bit more of carbohydrates. But I find that um, what you want to be doing on those those high carb days, they're, they're not necessarily cheat days, right? But they they'll they'll pull you out of ketosis, so then your body uses glucose, but they're days where you are feeding your microbiome. So, because sometimes on that diet, your carbohydrates are so low that you're not on foods that are feeding that microbiome. So you want to just make sure and make sure you're monitoring that. Um, and, and I find it, you know, that, that those high carb days are just those days where I'm feeding my microbiome my microbiome. So those are, you know, those are just some ways that we're doing it in in a therapeutic fashion. I love that. Yeah, I definitely like I don't, I follow more of a higher fat, low carb approach, not necessarily keto or or monitoring getting into into ketosis. And then on the weekends, I definitely eat higher carb. Um, And it's, it's just kind of been the natural part of my routine. And I never really thought of like, oh, I'm carb loading on the weekend, but I guess I technically am, you know, and it's very different when I'm in my routine from Monday through Friday with work and my schedule and clients and all of that. And then come the weekend, I'm a little bit more laid back and, you know, we're spending more time making like a big brunch and I made like homemade gluten-free sourdough bread. So I have that, or I have more sweet potato or a little bit of rice with the meal. And I just, I just end up eating more carbohydrates a little bit naturally. And then come Monday, it's just, it's just so automatic that I get right back into that routine again. And that's an excellent way to also keep those female hormones in balance yes. to do it, right? Because that sometimes that can be something that can really throw people's hormones out of balance. And that's something that I realized is that, um, you know, when you're reading all of these books, when some people, you know, when you're reading like those percentages of how much people are eating, you realize that it really differs from person to person. Yes, and, absolutely. And it, def- and it definitely differs from from males to females and how they how they do keto and that that's what I was realizing is that a lot of those percentages I was reading and how you should be doing it was so different for I think what most of those original books were written for men totally. and then you realize that that females systems are different yep. <laughs> Very yeah. different. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we are very more complex. Yes. Um, so you mentioned fasting. Like, let's talk about this. There's so many recommendations around fasting, how yeah. long we should be fasting. Should we do it every day? So for somebody that is maybe new to fasting and is thinking of taking this on, what what sort of suggestions do you have for them? Yeah. And I love fasting as a tool as well. And I think that it can really help our systems to function better. And again, our bodies are designed to fast. um, So it's not something that um, should be scary, even though, you know, like, I, I realize, I realize even for myself, it was, it was challenging for me to initially convince myself that that fasting was a good thing to do. Right. But I think that when you're kind of easing into fasting, um, one of the ways that we can do it is just to start with, start with just skipping breakfast and just have your lunch and your dinner and, and just see how you feel with that. And that's a really common one. Like it's in it, typically in 18.6. So you're fasting from dinner uh, the night before to lunch the next day, which is 18 hours, and you're sleeping for most of that time. So uh, um, it's 
typically not too challenging for people to transition into. And then you have like a six hour window where you're eating between 12 and uh, six o'clock. And um, typically in that window, you know, your caloric intake typically is less. You don't need to eat for that entire six hours. You can just have, you know, you have your lunch and you have your dinner. Um, And it also helps you to kind of cut out, because I think that what people tend to do is they tend to be light night snackers. Um, And so doing that intermittent fasting and committing to that um, helps to decrease that late night snacking. Um, And I find that what that also helps, um, even for me personally, is that I find that if I don't do that late night snacking, it it greatly improves my sleep. So, um, and you know, I track that with my aura ring and I can see, and I can see that, that when I actually, um, stop eating, um, at least, you know, three, four hours before I go to bed, that it increases the amount of deep sleep I get. So I'm getting better quality sleep. Awesome. I have the aura ring too, but I should pay more attention to that based on if I'm eating late at night. And I know like if I eat my dinner later, I definitely have an impact, but some nights I might eat something like an hour right before bed. So I I should really just monitor that a little bit more. Um, But I do love my aura ring, the data from that. It's really, really awesome. Yeah. Cause you, you can see the differences because I would say that like, you know, sometimes it wasn't that I would eat something bad, but maybe I would just have right. like a handful of nuts yep. before I go to sleep and you realize, oh, okay. That actually throws off the amount of deep sleep I'm getting. And I'm like, okay, then that that's not worth it. I need my deep sleep. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, we absolutely do. Well, yeah. that was really such a great conversation. Thank you so much for being with us today. Where can our audience connect with you and find you online? For sure. The best place to find me is my website, which is advancednaturopathic.com. And then the place where I hang out the most in terms of social media is Instagram. And my handle there is Dr. D.R. Melina, M-E-L-I-N-A Roberts. So that's where I post a lot of my health information. And that's a great place to find me. Amazing. Yeah, you post some really great content there. So we'll have all of this linked up in the show notes. And thank you so much for being with us today. That was great. Thank you so much for having me. It was a lot of fun. My pleasure. Thanks everybody for tuning in today. I really hope you enjoyed our guest, Dr. Melina Roberts. You can follow her over on Instagram at Dr. Melina Roberts. You can also head to her website, advancednaturopathic.com. And we will have all the info over on our website, on our show notes. You can head to holisticwellness.ca forward slash episode 133. And if you're looking to scoop up all the amazing discounts and coupon codes that we have available across the board with some amazing brands then you can always head on over to the website. We always put those in the show notes as well. We've got discount codes to Lee's Provisions if you're looking to get your hands on some amazing Lee's tea and their delicious geese and Alatora, Organifi, Energy Bits, Skin Essence, Natura Market. We've got amazing discounts and there's some amazing brands and companies that we love to support and we wanna pass on some great discounts to you guys. So do grab those over on the website. Thanks so much for being with us today. I really appreciate it. I'll chat with you all next week. Have an awesome day. Oh, oh, oh.